Are you deficient in omega-3 fats? If you're taking a supplement, how do you know if it's working for you or if you're getting the most bang for your buck? If any of this is driving your curiosity, then hey, you're in the right place today. Thank you for joining us for episode 102 of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition related. This show is hosted by myself, Dina Griffin, and my awesome co-host, Bob Sibahar. We are both registered dietitians and board certified specialists in sports dietetics with combined professional experience exceeding 40 years. We're here to translate nutrition and sports science research to real life, give you some awesome interviews with a variety of experts so you can enhance your knowledge and optimize your health, your fitness, and athletic performance. In today's show, we are sitting down with Tavis Piatoli, who is a registered dietitian and also the healthcare educator for Omega Quant Labs. And Tavis is going to share with us the importance of omega-3 fats for health, along with some surprising facts about deficiency and how to choose the best omega-3 supplement. He also shares important insight about how the omega-3 index testing works and how that can help guide your nutrition plan and your supplementation plan to really optimize your omega-3 intake. So this is a great conversation. We learned a lot, and I know you will too. Before we get to the show, just a reminder that Bob has a new course available to help all of you endurance athletes who have dealt with GI distress, try and resolve all of that, get rid of it, and really be empowered, educated, and have the tools to work with preventing GI distress, head over to energyperformance.com and you'll find the link to this new program, Eliminating GI Distress for Endurance Athletes. All right, let's get to episode 102. Enjoy. All right, so we are here this morning with Tavis Piatoli. Tavis, well, good morning, number one. How are you today? Good morning. It's it's almost Friday, but um, it's always good to be here talking to you and Dina. It's always fun and Aww. good to see you guys. Thank you for joining well, we, us today. Yeah, we love you to death more more so because you're just such a knowledge base. And you know, we we actually chatted with you. We had to look this up because it has been a while. But we chatted with you back in July of 2022. So thank you for for that chat. But it's been a while, and we kind of want to shift gears a little bit because. We're going to pick the other part of your your registered sport dietitian brain today. And uh, listeners, we're talking all about omega-3 fats and omega-3 fat testing because I feel, and Dina, you probably feel the same way, it's still just not that well known. And I, I don't know why. I think we're we're trying to preach and we're trying to, you know, hit the the pavement with this. But um, you know, today we're just we're just gonna break it apart. So yes, we're gonna talk about omega-3 fats, we're gonna talk about food, the differences in different uh different omega or different omega fats. Um, but we're also gonna really highlight the testing because listeners, here's the thing, and you're gonna learn this from Tavis. You need to have this testing done. I mean, I've had this done repeatedly, it's helped me alter my nutrition plan. And actually I'll share this maybe a little bit later, but, uh, you know, obviously I don't eat a lot of fish. Although Dina, do you remember what episode that was, which you won't, but you challenge, I kind of took it as a challenge of you challenging me to eat more 
fish. I know. And I so don't I, know. And so yeah, I that... did. Oh, good. Well, yeah. Yeah. it'll be good to see your new test results if you haven't done that. Yeah. <clears throat> but but to that point, really quick, and Tavis, I'm I promise we'll talk to you here in a second, but I just <laughs> have to spit this out. Like after that D, I just have to say, like, I actually got a subscription to Butcher Box. I don't know if you've ever heard of Butcher Box mm-hmm. before. It's yep. one of those, you know, you can you can choose. It's it's really good meat, but um about 75% of the box is salmon. <laughs> so oh, wow. thank you. But my family is also sometimes getting sick of cooking or me cooking salmon. But anyway, <laughs> it has oh. manipulated my omega-3 index pretty well. <laughs> nice. He's going to turn pink soon. He's going to be walking around the house like, what? Exactly. I really am. Yeah, I body really am. odor will, will uh, you know, maybe change to be a little more fishy. Just kidding. I know, right? <laughs> but but that said, I mean, throughout my life, and this is why it's so important to me personally, is, you know, I've got a lot of medical health history with moms, dads, or not moms, dads, parents, grandparents, just with cardiovascular concerns, diseases, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I don't even know when the first time I took my first omega-3 index test through OmegaQuants, um, which Tavis, you are representing today because you are part of that company. So we'll put that in the show notes. But it was an eye opener for me. I mean, I was so, I'm not going to share my results, but so low in where I should have been. I'm like, whoa, I'm a registered dietitian. Hold on a second. Right. And it, it like, it opens your eyes, doesn't it? You have the test like with almost any test, but that showed me, okay, I don't eat enough, you know, rich foods, although I was trying, but I also have supplemented and continue to supplement with omega-3 supplements, which we'll also talk about today. What I noticed for my first test, Tavis, was that I wasn't one, I know I don't eat enough omega-3s, but I also wasn't supplementing enough based on my personal needs, based on my medical health history with genetic components and whatever. So I think that's just a great way to open this up because I know a lot of our listeners are like, oh yeah, I can, I can kind of relate to that because here's the other thing. I'll stop blabbing in a second, but listen, when any athlete says, oh yeah, I take omega-3 or take fish oil and you ask them the next obvious question, well, how much, right? And then there's a next obvious question after that, but how much they're like, uh, I don't know. I just take a pill or a capsule. (laughs) We need to dose it. So anyway, let's get into this. Let's roll up our sleeves. And I think, I feel like we should do some background first. So Tavis, if you wouldn't mind just let's launch into the nutrition part of these, these fats. Like we've got, what, what do we talk about? Why don't you set it up with your, with, as you know, as a registered dietitian with Omega Quant, talk to us about the saturated, unsaturated fats. Let's, let's get the listeners kind of a foundation knowledge here. Yeah. I think, you know, we'll, we'll start with saturated fats. People know, or at least hear a lot about this and especially, you know, they're bad or things like that. We're not going to go into the science of that, but you know, saturated fats, to kind of give you, a, I guess, the simplest definition is, you know, they these are single bonds between carbon molecules, right? They're saturated with hydrogen molecules. And the saturation of those molecules basically result in saturated fats being solid at room temperature. So when you think of what's solid, what, what do I eat that's solid? It's things like obviously butter and coconut oil and cheese, a lot of dairy products, or, you know, especially the whole milk dairy products, cottage cheese, milk, are going to be a little higher in saturated fat. And then most of our animal fats you know, beef, some dark, dark meat, chicken. Um, those are, you know, pork. Those are all a sausage, bacon, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are things that are higher in saturated fat. So that's kind of the saturated fat side. The unsaturated fat side is obviously a little bit different. There's two types, uh, mono and poly unsaturated fats. The poly, the, really the difference here 
when we look at polyunsaturated fats is it's more that, you know, there's a double bond included, um, you know, when we look at these types of fats. Um, so they're broken up into a couple of different types. There's omega-3 and then there's omega-6, right? And what separates the two? Uh, omega-6 gets a lot of bad attention and we'll get into that, you know, a little bit, but, you know, well, actually let's talk about omega-6 first because I know today's really about omega, omega-3. Yeah, let's... Yeah. Now, omega-6 is our essential fatty acids, but they're very abundant in the diet. We get a lot of omega-6 in the diet. There's a couple of different types. Uh, linoleic acid, that's the most common form of omega-6 uh, that you'll see in a lot of things as you hear. And I'm sure people, your listeners, listen to podcasts and watch influencers. The word seed oil is, I think, overused mm. in today's society. Avoid seed oils because it's going to cause all this damage. And in some cases, we consume just way too much omega-6. What is that? That's soybean oil, that's canola oil, that's sunflower, safflower, even like walnut oil or corn oil. If you look at the back of any bag of potato chips or salad dressings or even mayo and a lot of products today, a lot of the generic products are going to consume or that we consume have a lot of omega-6 fats. And that's because it's less expensive to produce those products. So in the late 60s, early 70s, soybean oil use and production significantly elevated because a lot of the food supply was using that to manufacture their products. But not all of that is bad because a lot of omega-6s do have similar properties to omega-3. They can be anti-inflammatory in certain cases. You have other omega-6s like gamma linoleic acid. Um, this, this, there's been some research that's shown it's beneficial. That, that's evening primrose, roll, roll, ah, can't say it, evening primrose oil and barrage oil. So there are some benefits to use those. And then there's what's called CLA or conjugated linoleic acid. That's an omega-6 that's known in some studies that maybe help with fat loss. I don't think it's a magic fat you know, uh, molecule that we need to go buy for fat loss, but that's a little bit of a, the overview of omega-6. The problem we have in our diet is when we test individuals, and one of the things we, we do in one of our tests is we look at six to three ratio, and typically that's going to be high. And we'll, we'll kind of explain why in a second as we dive into omega omega-3. And then the other unsaturated fat is the monounsaturated fat. So they also only have one double bond, but most common of that is what's called oleic acid. 90% of that is in our diet. And most people might hear the Mediterranean diet. And you're like, all right, what, what's so beneficial about monounsaturated fats? It's when, when you're looking at a heart healthy diet that's been known for years and has a pretty good bit of research, it's, it's that Mediterranean diet. It's using olive oil. It's using things like avocados, avocado oil, things like that that have that are rich in monounsaturated fats that can be cardio protect, uh, protective if consumed in the right amounts and in balancing some of those other fats as well. For sure. And let me, because I know the listeners really want this emphasized and I just, because I want you to emphasize this, Tavis, but, and I'm, I'm going to use this word. I don't like using the word, but so, in a, but I heard you say it like omega-6 fats are not bad. There are some benefits. And I think that's really important for everyone to realize is it's not, we're not anti-omega-6. And I know you'll get into this a little bit more. So let's just put that on the record. But now let's transition to why maybe omega-3s might be preferred. So what's yeah. the what's the story on omega-3s? What's going on with them? What 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 are they? Obviously they're they're a polyunsaturated fat. So they're part of that unsaturated family. But What's going on with these? Like, why are they so important? Why, why do we need to pay attention to them? Yeah, these are essential. So we, we just, our body doesn't produce these. We have to get these from the diet. There's three different types, and I'm probably going to butcher the names, but there's EPA, <laughs> DHA, and ALA. DPA, or are you, EPA. Are you going to say them? Are you going to say them? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So 
icosapentaenoic <laughs> acid. Um, you know, so this is EPA, and I'll talk about the the food sources. Then we have DHA, doco, um, oh, docasa hexanoic acid. I think I got that right. So EPA is a twenty carbon fatty acid. DHA is a twenty two carbon fatty acid. Not really that significant for our listeners. And then you have ALA. That's more really more the plant based omega three. So really, what separates these? They all have benefits. EPA and DHA are really the most critical. That's what we need in our diet from food sources like herring, mackerel. You mentioned salmon earlier with the butcher box, sardines, anchovies. But those are your marine sources of omega-3 that really are high in EPA and DHA. We do have plant sources, walnuts, chia, flax, hemp, sunflower seeds. They're more ALA. The problem with plant sources, they don't raise your omega-3 score, hardly at all. Like you'd have to consume hundred thousands of calories of those to see probably any benefit. And that's because they don't convert, the, the conversion to EPA and DHA is very small. Like from what I've heard, three to 10%, I guess, depending mm-hmm. on the body's ability to, to absorb these. So um, not that walnuts are bad or not that hemp or flax, because if you are a vegan or vegetarian, those are great fat sources. They have benefits, but they're not going to drive your omega-3 score. But so that's why we need to eat these sources from the diet. Now, if you are vegan or vegetarian, I know we'll get into this. There is a way that we'll talk about how to increase your omega-3 score with a certain type of oil that has been proven to do that. Nice. Love it. Love it. And that's, yeah, it just got me thinking of, of my path uh, being vegetarian for 10 years and then getting off that path. But we'll talk about that when we get a little bit more into like the testing and everything. So yeah, Dina, what, what do you have for Tavis? Yeah, I was just going to ask, you know, it's it's kind of like when you see the supplements and the marketing around around these kinds of things and omega-3s, like in the headlines, Tavis, and like, oh, it's the next miracle, magical kind of, you know, if, if you have heavy omega-3 supplementation, then therefore XYZ happens. So there's like so much buzz happening all the time. But I wondered if you could maybe touch on you know, a little bit more like the importance of the omega-3 specifically, and even in the context of some of our listeners who are more plant-based or vegan, you know, the things they need to be paying attention to and, you know, any research that we've got that you can throw in here that also hones in on the importance or challenges of certain dietary patterns. Yeah, that's a great question. I personally, and people might go, well, he's biased. He works for an omega-3 testing company. And y'all know me, I've been taking and produ- you know, promoting omega-3 for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of Americans, and, that's, and this is a factual number, 90% of Americans have suboptimal or are deficient in omega-3, 80% of the globe. So it is the world's biggest nutrient deficiency, which many people don't really even realize that that's a problem. And why is that a problem? Travis, did did you say 80% of the world is deficient in omega-3? Yeah, they have levels less than in 8%. Wow. Yeah, and I know we'll get into kind of like where did the 8% come from? Why is that important? But Mm -hmm. most people run between 4 and 5, U.S. Americans, Canadians, usually in the 4 to 5% range. Vegans are typically 1.5 to 3%. So vegans and vegetarians Mm -hmm. are typically the most deficient, and that's because they're not consuming any marine sources for the most part. Right. But Dina asks, why is it beneficial? I look at omega-3 and there's a lot of incredible nutrients that have a lot of versatility. I think this is probably one of, if not the most versatile nutrient. Where do we start? 
the brain, number one, um, DHA, a fatty, one, the key, one of the key essential fatty acids. 25% of your brain is DHA. So when we look at a lot of the research, if we're deficient in omega-3, DHA has the ability to activate you know, pro uh, proteins and enzymes that help reduce fat buildup or you know, blocking amyloid plaque, which is a plaque that builds up in the brain that can cause, cause Alzheimer's, dementia. Uh, in, as in our work in line of sports nutrition, there's been a lot of research by Dr. Jeff Heelson, um, uh, Dr. John Oliver that looked at concussion where we, when athletes have mm -hmm. continuous head trauma, they, their neurofilament light, which is a marker of brain injury, it shows neuroinflammation or brain swelling. When you feed the brain DHA, that drops significantly. When you get your scores up to 8 to 10% prior to the start of a season, we don't see nearly as much rise in neurofilament light. So it means omega-3 is providing protection. That's number one. Heart health. This is where it all started. This is where Dr. Bill Harris, uh, who invented the omega-3 test, in 2008, he published a study that looked at the the association of your omega-3 score in coronary heart disease, sudden cardiac death, and primary cardiac arrest. And what he found was those that had a score of 8% or higher had about a 35 to 40% risk reduction in coronary heart disease, sudden cardiac death, and primary cardiac arrest versus those that were less than 4%. So, I mean, you would see in that paper how the odds ratios and the relative risk drop from when you go from 4% to 6% to 8%, it's like, once you get to 8%, it's, it's like, wow, that's a, that's a significant change. And then that study was followed up looking at acute coronary syndromes. And they found those that were 8% or higher had a 70% less likely chance of becoming an acute coronary syndrome patient. So it's like, if you're trying to mitigate the risk of cardiovascular disease, our number one killer, why not get your levels to 8%? It's not very hard to do. And then since that study, you know, they've looked at a lot of other things from inflammatory markers, high sensitivity CRP, which we see higher levels of omega-3, drop your levels of, of CRP and inflammation, which we know inflammation causes a lot of things. Uh, Dr. Harris actually published a study uh, last year um, that looked at COVID outcomes. And now we see the respiratory benefits of omega-3. And there's been other studies by other authors where those that had a score of like seven or 8% or higher had significantly less symptoms from COVID versus those that were deficient. Uh, another study looked at lung function, immune health. I mean, we can go on and on on just the different benefits and where this, I mean, I just attended an optometry conference uh, that was actually in my hometown in New Orleans last week. And the amount of optometrists that come to our, our company and say, you know, omega-3 levels, it's important to treat dry eye. Now, we still need mm -hmm. more data on that, but mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons they're providing omega-3 supplementation is because they're seeing less, and I know nothing about optometry. I'm not an eye doctor, um, <laughs> but there's certain terms that I can't repronounce that it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, it's like, there's a benefit for eye health. So yeah, it's, a, it's an incredibly versatile nutrient that I personally believe everybody should be taking and optimizing their scores. And we would see a lot of improvements in just quality of life. Longevity, I mean, which we didn't go into, Telomeres, as y'all know, is if telomere, if that shortens our DNA, you know, if you smoke, if you don't exercise, if you you have a poor diet, if you, you know, don't get a lot of sleep, which I, I can't control sometimes, but I don't get a lot of sleep, you know, telomeres shorten, which means your life is getting shorter. And, you know, and as your telomeres get to the end where they no longer exist, that's where we all, you know, we move on to the next part of our life. But what omega-3 does is it, it inhibits how quick those telomeres shorten. So basically it protects your DNA over the course 
and it may extend life. There's been some mortality studies that show those that have higher omega-3 scores may have added five years of life because they're more protected. Yeah. From that. So I'm like, sign me up. Where do I drink this stuff? I want to no live an extra hundred years if I can. <laughs> no doubt. It's funny you mentioned the dry eye because at one of my recent optometrist, you know, annual checkups and I have dry eye, the um, doc asked me about my omega-3 intake. Wow. It's like, oh, thank you. That you're on top of it. Um, I so wonder if your cool. doctor is using our test kits. <laughs> um, that's possible. But yeah, thank you for touching on like all, it's almost every single thing in the body, right? That can benefit from omega-3 intake. I'm just going back to food sources. Would you say food would be our first, you know, target before we start supplementing? Or I know we'll get into the supplementation and testing specifics, but is there yeah. like a general recommendation you'd have for omnivores, like eat X, Y, Z, you know, this much yeah. per week. And then the, the vegan followers do any kind of, you know, recommendations along those lines. Vegans and vegetarians that don't eat any fish, they have to supplement. There's no way to in improve your scores outside of supplementation. We'll get to that. Omnivores. Yes, you can do it through food. Here's what we know. They looked at about 3,500 to 4,000 subjects and fed them no fish. I think fish one day, two day, three day. And what they saw was if you ate fatty, rich fish, herring, Pacific herring, you know, um, wild caught salmon, anchovy sardines, things that are high in EPA and DHA, um, and you consume them three days a week, your score would be about 7.1%. That's about where it would get you three days a week. Four days a week. I don't think they looked at that, but the recommendation is about four to five days a week. You would have to eat fish every single week to consistently get that score up. So if you wanted to do a study on yourself, test yourself, eat fish three to four days a week for four months or three months, retest yourself. That would be a good indication is how effective, you know, are those food sources on your score? Supplementation is the most convenient way to do that. Like Bob said, I just kind of started eating salmon. You know, we, we started exploring a little bit more. I'm like, look, let's, I didn't love the smell. I didn't love the taste, mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know what? I'm at an age where I don't care about certain things besides I'm not eating mushrooms. Don't put them anywhere in front of me. Not allergic, <laughs> just, you know, they look like a certain type of thing to me to where it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a texture, but I'm like, let's, let's give it a try. Let's season it a little bit here. We can season anything in, in Louisiana and make it taste good. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, I'm eating salmon one day a week, but Supplements are typically the most convenient way to, to get this to where you can take two caps. I used to drink the liquid for so long to where it's like, just drink it out the bottle. I know it's not the most appetizing thing to do, but it's pure. Uh, we'll talk about fish oil types in a second. Um, but yeah, if you don't do food for first, then supplementation is the only way to get that up. If you are a vegan or vegetarian that um, obviously vegans will not consume any marine sources, some vegetarians may be pescatarians then algal oil is the only way to increase your omega-3 scores in the blood. And, you know, there's different forms of omega-3. Most, most of your omega-3 supplements are going to be um, manufactured with anchovy, sardines, mackerel. That's what a lot of the, the capsule. You have krill, you know, which is a different form of omega-3, very effective at raising your blood levels. And then there's different, and then you have the algal, which is great for vegans and vegetarians as well. Travis, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, before we go to supplements, which is one of my favorite discussions ever, I do just want to put it out there because 
I I still feel like a lot of people come to me and say, oh no, I can I can do that through my food. Like I can get enough omega threes, and I challenge them quite a bit, right? And I'm not I'm talking just a regular omnivore, not a vegan or vegetarian. So I'm like, oh, all right, and I'm glad you actually uh, provided us that st- those statistics in terms of how much or how many days per week. Do you do you remember like how many ounces that was? Per day, like was it just a normal three ounce serving, or do three to four that? ounces would get would move the okay. needle? Most of okay. those most of those foods will have somewhere between in three to four ounces about fifteen hundred to, to three thousand milligrams yeah. of EPA and DHA. Okay, so basically, what I heard from that, and listeners, I want you to listen to what I'm going to say here is, if you eat one of those high omega three rich fish products or fish sources four to five times a week in one serving a day. You can, yes, absolutely move your needle and improve that. So let's just, let's just let that sit for a second, because if you ask me to do that four to five times a week, it'd be a challenge. Like I'll, I'll do it. I'll take any challenge, but I don't know if a lot of our listeners are really like, oh, eat fish how many times a week, you know, and some people do like people on the coast absolutely love it. I mean, that's, yeah, they have amazing fish, but when you're stuck in the middle of the country or whatever, you have to rely on butcher box or whatever it is, like, it's difficult. Let's call it what it is. So it's good to know that yes, it can be done through food, but the the big but here is that it is very difficult for some people, even myself and Dina, I don't know about you, but to literally eat that much fish per week. Like it is just, it's hard. And that's where we move into the whole supplementation. So I agree with you. And I even, even, I mean, you know what I was thinking of is like, oh, I want to do a cost analysis of how much it would be for me to eat four to five servings of, let's just say salmon per week, right? Versus taking the omega-3 supplement. That would be an interesting cost analysis. I don't know if you've ever done that, Tavis, but. Knowing what I know, it would be significantly less to take supplements, especially certain. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm looking at, I'm looking at one of our test reports, just to kind of like get an idea of like, all right, what's, you, you mentioned three ounces. So when I look at when we give you your score, one of the things we have is we have resources like fish and seafood. Here are your best. Pacific mm-hmm. herring, three ounces, gives you about 1,800 milligrams of EPA mm-hmm. and DHA. Atlantic herring, 1,700. Atlantic salmon, wow, 1,500. And then it goes to 1,200. So I'd say for most people, three to four, and then I'm going to probably eat six ounces. That's just me if I'm going to eat a big Yeah, food. totally. Three totally. ounces is not going to give me much protein for my guy, my size. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but from a cost perspective, there's hands down quality supplements are going to save you hundreds of dollars because you know, I, like if I eat this, I mean, let's say I eat four servings a week at 24 ounces of salmon. That's probably, yeah. I don't know the cost, 25, 30 bucks. I'm spending maybe a hundred yeah. bucks, yeah. 200 bucks a month on fish. Yeah. I can get a quality supplement that I know of for about 60 bucks for three months. Um, so I would, I would save yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. So it is kind of that, that shocker, like at first, and I get this from a lot of athletes are like, Oh, that I can't, I can't afford $60 for that omega-3 supplement that may last two months, three months. And you're like, okay, but let's put it in perspective regarding how much, and that's why I wanted to bring that up. Like how much are you going to spend on fish or fish products versus the supplement? So, all right, let's transition here in the supplements. It seems like everybody and their mother and father and grandparents is literally making an omega-3 supplement these days. And it is so confusing for our listeners, for our athletes. I get it almost every day. Well, I, I know you're telling me about omega-3 supplements. Where do I start? Like, what would, how would you kind of give that first path? Like take this first step on this path in this very confusing world of omega-3 supplements. Where do we start, Tavis? 
yeah, you look at the consumer in the store and they're picking up all kinds of bottles and, you know, the supplement industry knows the consumers are, there's some of them are incredibly savvy. So I don't want to say consumers aren't savvy because there are a lot of intelligent consumers out there that are doing their research. And obviously a lot of people go to Amazon and buy their stuff because that's where it's the least mm-hmm. expensive and it's quick, right? It's quick to get. So let's start with the forms of omega-3, right? We're not, we're not talking about saturated fats anymore, Mono. Now we're talking about omega-3 and supplements come in different forms. The most common form that we see, it's the least expensive to produce. It's the least bioavailable, which means it's going to be the, uh, the, the least effective at increasing your scores. It's called an ethyl ester. I don't want to go into all the science because I don't know all the processing that goes in, but it's the processed version of the oil. That's about 98 to 99% of the fish oil in the market is manufactured in ethyl ester form. Why is that? More, more profit margin for the fish oil, I mean, for the supplement brand. It's less expensive to manufacture. So they choose that route because they know most consumers have no idea if they look at a product on the shelf, fish oil, great. Oh, two for one. Let me buy that. That's probably not going to move the needle, number one. But ethyl ester, you need a lot more. You need about an extra 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams of ethyl ester, BPA, combined BPA and DHA to get your scores up. We'll talk about how much to take in a little bit. Then you have the natural form of the oil. There's a couple of different types. There's called triglyceride. These are not like your tested triglycerides when you go to the doctor and get your triglycerides. This has nothing to do. Your, Your fish oil can be manufactured in triglyceride form. This is the natural form of the oil. So if you eat salmon, you're getting it in triglyceride form. You also have krill oil. Those two have been, they've, they've looked at multiple studies to look at bioavailability and the impact of EPA and DHA in those forms and how does it affect your omega-3 score. Well, triglyceride form has always outperformed all others, meaning you it's more bioavailable. It's better at increasing your scores at a lower dose. So what we've seen in our lab and in a study, our lab also published with another author and other authors was that Let's say your score is 4%. That's considered deficient. In order to get you to 8%, which is our minimal optimal range, you should take about 1,600 to 2,000 milligrams of combined EPA and DHA in triglyceride form for for three months. If you were to consume an ethyl ester, you'd need about 2,500 to 3,000 milligrams of combined EPA. So if you look at your, if you're at home and you're going, listen to this, all right, go grab your fish oil bottle and look at the back and see how much EPA and DP, uh, DHA do you get per cap. And a lot of these, you know, over-the-counter generic products, you're only getting about 300 milligrams per two caps. They're putting other omega-3s mm. in there. They're putting omega-6 in their product. So you would have to take about 10 to 20 capsules to get enough omega-3. Um, that's and They have other forms of omega-3 now. They have a monoglyceride. A certain brand has that form that's Pretty effective at increasing your omega-3 levels. I think there's one study. And there's also what's called SPMs. I don't know the whole science behind the SPMs, but you really don't have to take those. What they claim is if you take a lower dose, it gets you it gets your scores up higher and it's just as effective, right. which may be true, but we don't have a lot of studies. But but let's let's even get a little bit more specific. When you look for a bottle on the on the shelf, number one, you want to say, you want to see if it says triglyceride form. If it does not say triglyceride form or krill, you can pretty much assume that's going to be an ethyl ester. Most generic brands, and I won't say who, are going to be an ethyl ester. So if you go to a pharmacy, a big box store, that's all going to be ethyl ester. You, you know, um, if it says triglyceride form, that's good, but you want to make sure it's greater than 90% triglyceride form because when a supplement brand manufactures a product, they can choose what percent triglyceride form. 
It could be 50% triglyceride, 50% epilepsy. The consumer won't know that. You can still put triglyceride form because you have at least 50% or more of that product. It could be 60%, 70%. So number one, if it's triglyceride form, that's good. But on the back or on the front, if it says greater than 90% triglyceride form, that's what you want to see. And there's a, a few companies that do a really good job with that. So Tavis, I'm actually looking at two online right now, two different companies. And I, I'm not seeing it say anywhere triglyceride or ethyl ester or anything like i'm looking at the at the back of the the label and i'm seeing epa i'm seeing dha i see other ingredients i do see the contains ingredients derived from fish so fish oil uh and then they say equals anchovy sardine mackerel like how do our consumers know this if they're it's not even stated they won't know yeah that's the they thing is supplement supplement companies they don't <laughs> it's, it's not the fda doesn't mandate all that information it's mm. on whereas we know on a food label, a, a nutrition facts panel, certain things require regulatory compliance. Well, the same thing with supplements. Mm. It does require regulatory compliance. It is a regulated industry, but that type of information does not need to be on there. You can say triglyceride form, that's fine. You could leave it as blank. You can make some claims like mm. supports brain health, supports cardiovascular health. Right. You know, that's what they're focused on because it's all marketing. It's not, you know, it's right. it's not about the true outcome of the product. Companies that are really focused on health of their consumer, they're going to need to pay a little bit more, but they also know they want you to know it's triglyceride form because they know it's more effective. Well, this is kind of confusing. And to me also, sorry, D, but it's just like, this is a really very, very reputable brand, <clears throat> reputable brand that I'm looking at. And literally there is no discussion. So now I'm like, and this is one that I actually recommend to athletes. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Uh, uh <laughs> How do we know? Unless I probably physically call the company or reach out and say, "Hey, can you tell me what form?" Are they are they obligated to answer those questions if if we do reach out to them? Do you think? It's you know, up to them. You probably have to go to the R and D team. Um, that's okay. Who okay. Yeah, your your sales rep may or may not know. Uh, in in yeah. my discussions with a lot of sales reps, they don't understand that. Like, Let me find out from our R and D team that that question, and if, mm -hmm. they might say, "Well, we can't say it's a patent formula; it's private." Mm. That's really not true. That's just them not right. really being proud of what it is. Right. So, um, yeah. But okay. even if it's eighty percent, that's still pretty strong. I mean, you want yeah. ninety percent is the best, but eighty percent would be still pretty good. Would it be possible for us to get a list from you offline of your top fish oil supplements, omega three supplements, and we can put those in our show notes for listeners? Would that be okay? Yeah. Two brands. Okay. I'm gonna, you know send you right away. Okay, and then one more thing. I'm looking at another product that's fairly popular in the market. And I just want to run this past you because this is totally going to confuse our consumers when they look at this label. All right. I'm looking at the supplement facts and it says fish oil concentrate, 2000 milligrams. Okay. Now below that same line or same, same category, it says omega-3 fats. EPA is listed at 360 milligrams. DHA is listed at 240. So add those up. That's 600 milligrams but it's listing fish oil concentrate as 2000 milligrams. What is going on with the other 1400 milligrams? Yeah, that's what is DPA. that? That's another omega-3 that they don't really have to list on the label. So oh, DPA is another oh. fatty acid. It doesn't have the same, you know, nearly the amount of benefits as EPA and DHA. So that's why when you see other omega-3s, more than likely it's going okay. So is this something that consumers, like if they see that, they should be like, oh, let's just move on to the next supplement Red or flag. is it okay to take that one? Red, Red flag. flag. Okay. Okay. 
All right, Dina, now it's your turn. Do you have an opinion on EPA DHA ratios or does that depend Mm -hmm. on the testing results and maybe health status, what we're aiming to achieve? Yeah, what we know from our research is that DHA drives the score more than EPA, but both are very effective. They have different functions from an inflammatory or brain health or cardiovascular health. I personally like an even balance, right? So some people say take this amount of EPA in the morning, this DHA at night. That's confusing for a lot of people. It's like, let's just get you to supplement, right? I mean, if you're if you're that that targeted and specific, maybe you have a lot of time on your hands to do that. But yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really like I take a supplement that I take about three to four thousand milligrams a day. I used to take about six thousand wow. to nine thousand wow. in years mm. past. Um, just to because I don't know, I would drink it out the bottle and who knows how much maybe I was taking more. <laughs> and I know there's like concerns, but honestly, I'm not there's really the concerns are have been debunked in, in, in studies as well. But yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you're getting a good dose of two thousand combined, your levels are gonna move. Okay. DHA is gonna move it a little more. Algal supplements for vegans are primarily DHA based, which is good. So that's mm-hmm. why if you're vegan, take a good algal oil. You might have to take a lot of capsules or a lot of the oil, yeah. but that's okay. At least it's going to move the needle and get your scores up. Okay. And I, I was just looking at an algal oil that I uh, had heard of recently and that it lists on the nutrition or supplement facts, polar lipids. And that's not a phrase I've seen before. That I'm not familiar with. I'm not like, sure what yeah. polar is. This is like a polar bear. <laughs> it's maybe lipids from is the it, polar. You know, I'm kidding. I don't know. Is it, is it cold? Is it like, that's weird, I right? Know. I've never heard of that either. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, this is two soft gels, total omega-3, 260 milligrams, and it breaks it out, EPA, DHA, and then there's an additional 135 milligrams from polar lipids. So I'll have to look into that because I'm not familiar either. All right. We've got food. We've got supplements. We know how important omega-3s are. We know the differences of omega-3, omega-6. That's great. But again, if you don't test, you're just guessing on these things. So where do we start with the testing? Give us some background on this test that Dr. Harris invented. Yeah. So in 2004, Dr. Bill Harris and Dr. Von Shackey uh, invented the omega-3 index test. They discovered a way to test the blood for omega-3. Uh, and then you know a lot of the studies came out. Omega-Quan opened in 2009. And um, now we provide a lot of test, you know, testing services to practitioners, consumers, we work with a lot of sports teams, a lot of a lot of supplement brands we collaborate with to help them get their consumers and practitioners tests so they can say, all right, is my product effective, right? Just like anything, like you mentioned, you, you just don't want to take vitamin D without knowing what your levels are. So same thing with omega-3. We know now based on score how much to take. So how much to take is really based on your score. We actually have a calculator on our website. You can put in your mm-hmm. score and then it will give you a recommendation and you can click on the form official, you can click on ethylester, triglyceride, uh, phospholipid, which is krill, and then it'll give you an amount to take. So let's say you're three to 4%. That's pretty deficient. You probably are going to need about two to 3,000 combined milligrams of, or milligrams of combined EPA and DHA. Over the next three months, if you take that consistently for 90 days, you're going to get to 8%. Unless you have some sort of disease that impacts fat absorption. But let's say you have Crohn's. We've seen someone who took that, took a pretty high dose for three months. His levels only went from 3.9 to 5.1. The Crohn's disease was impacting the absorption of the fats, but that's not going to be most people. So if you're consistently, even if you miss a day or two, that's okay. If you're consistently taking your fish oil for you know those 90 days, you're, you, you want to retest probably every three to four months. So 
to go back to the testing, I kind of got all hands. So Dr. Bill Harris invented the test in 04. We started opening the lab in 2009. And now there are other labs that, you know, they're blood draw labs. We're a finger stick. You're an at-home test. You can basically buy a test kit, uh, prick your finger, drop some blood onto the card, mail it back to the lab. And then within about five to seven business days, you're going to get a notification. Here's your test report. The way we measure your omega-3 is kind of what makes us unique versus, let's say, if you went to a blood draw lab. When you go to a blood draw lab, um, they're going to measure what's called the whole blood plasma or the plasma phospholipid. That's looking at your omega-3 status over 24 hours. Think of it as a blood sugar or blood glucose test. So if you had fish oil within the last 24 hours, you ate a big piece of salmon or had anything with omega-3, your levels are probably going to be falsely elevated. So if you get a blood draw, that's fine. Just wait about three days, wash it, you know, stop taking whatever you're doing for about three to four days. We measure the whole blood red blood cell. We're looking at your omega-3 status over four months. We're like an A1C test. So the longer shelf life is giving you a much, a much better indication of what's been going on in your red blood cell over the last four months to see, all right, how much omega-3 is really in there. Um, so that would be a better indication. It doesn't matter if you had fish the night before. We do tell you to stop it for 24 hours, but even if you did, it's not going to impact your score at all. So that's what kind of separates our test is number one, it's not a venipuncture. You don't have to get your blood drawn. You can, you know, prick your finger. My 10 year old one, well, she's 12 now, but when she was 10, did it herself. And she's like, dad, I didn't even feel anything. So it's, it's a lot less invasive than when it used to be, when we used to do cholesterol testing with Cholestec and other things way back, you know, in the day, mm -hmm. it felt like you got shocked when you stuck your finger. That's amazing. And I'm just like, I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm that example. You actually said exactly what, what, I found with my testing, I was between that three to 4%. Um, and then, yeah, literally I had to take a little bit more. I think I was up around two to 2,500 milligrams, but yeah, three, four months later, I was right in that eight to 12 range again. So listen, it works like okay. it does. And, and I didn't really change my dietary habits. Cause at that point I wasn't really willing to eat more fish. So it, it does work. And um, well, in, in terms of giving us the information, right. You actually have to still eat food and supplement and be smart about the supplements and everything and actually, you know, purchase the supplements. Um, but that said too, like with the testing, it's easy, it's fast. You get great results. I, you know, there are different tests uh, from Omega Quant, like there's the basic uh, and then like the complete one. So, but here's the thing I want, I want you to uh, explain maybe the differences or what you would recommend, but just to let our listeners know, listen, this is a very, this is probably one of the most economical biomarker tests you'll ever see in your life. It's 50 to hundred dollars, depending on which test. So Tavis, what are your recommendations based on the three different tests that you guys have? Yeah, the omega-3 basic will give you the index score. So if you want the index score and that's all you want, that's the, the perfect test. We'll give you some resources that come with that test. We'll show you all foods that are high to low in EPA and DHA from, from fish sources, and then what do standard over-the-counter supplements provide. The plus mm -hmm. test will give you your index score. It'll also give you the omega-6 to 3 ratio. It'll also give you the what's called the arachidonic acid to, to EPA. Now, just real quick on arachidonic acid. When we consume a lot of omega-6, it converts to arachidonic acid. That's where inflammation kicks. When arachidonic acid to EPA is really high and six to three is high, your inflammatory markers are, you know, you have a lot of circulating inflammation. And that's probably because you're not consuming any omega-3. So it's not that we have an omega-6 problem. That's what's promoted in the influencer world. We have an omega-3 deficiency problem. If you get your mm -hmm. omega, and I'm a perfect example, you, it's, it's almost impossible to avoid, avoid omega-6 fats, right? It's going to be almost in everything except what fruits, vegetables, and, and some some sort, some some animal fats. But mm -hmm. if you get your omega-3 index to 8, 10, 
you omega-6 to 3, and your arachidonic acid is going to drop. So that's what that test does. We also measure trans fats in that test. So we'll give you a percentage mm -hmm. there. The complete test will give you all your fatty acids. So if you want to know all your monounsaturated one by one, omega-3s, omega-6s, your saturated fats, your trans fats, and then your ratios, that test will give you that. The consumer probably will look at that and go, what does this mean? I look at that and go, I don't know, you know, a lot of that data. I'm not a research scientist. Like, you know, I'm not a fatty acid scientist, but I personally love the plus test. I think that has the most for the consumer. It'll say, all right, am I inflamed? What's my score? And am I inflamed? Yes or no. And then what do I need to do to, to yeah. correct that? Because it gives it gives the recommendations in terms of food, right? But then does it do you have to go to the calculator on the website at Omega Quant, or does it actually recommend maybe some dosing of omega-3 supplementation? It de it depends on. So we have a sister company called Parasol that is okay. an omega-3 product that's greater than 90% triglyceride form. It's tested for sport. If you yep. buy, if you go to Parasol's website, not to get too confusing, because they are kind of under the same umbrella, same company. It will provide you with a customized report with your recommended, you know, dosing. Um, mm -hmm. On the Omega Quant side, it's it's not going to provide you how much you need to take to get to that. You would have okay. to use a calculator to do that. So, okay. All right. So let's transition to one of my favorite groups of athletes, and that is young athletes. So <clears throat> define that as you will, but I'm kind of talking about high school and college level. So, and you can and you can separate those for these questions if you want, Tavis, but. What what are our messaging? What is our messaging now with our young athletes to our parents to even these collegiate athletes? Like, what are we doing with them? Do we care about them in omega threes? Should they be caring, or what? Where should we start with these guys and gals? Yeah, it should be no different than adults. I mean, now is the time to start supplementing your kids. My daughter, I started giving her a liquid DHA at three months just to help mm -hmm. brain health development, and you know, she doesn't. She still takes her omega three today. Um, she was taking liquid fish oil for a long time. She was like, even at six, put it on the spoon, give it to her. And, but now she's like, I'm right, impressed. I'm impressed. That's probably because dad stuff. was doing that. <laughs> at 12 though, the liquid doesn't taste as good as it used to. Man. <laughs> Absolutely. Start supplementing your kids. If they're in a, a sport like a football, a hockey, a lacrosse, even a cheerleading where head impact is, is mm. going to be prevalent. Get, you know, test them, start dosing them, protect their brain inflammatory yeah. conditions. Now is a great way to get their levels up to give them cardiovascular protection. I mean, knowing what I know now, I'm like, I wish I can go back 30 years, 40 years, change the way I ate mm. because I had no education from my, and that's not my parents' fault. It just, we didn't know back then yeah. in, in supplement with omega-3, but I would right. reverse some things that I did. And, you know, no matter what the age, you can start at any age giving them omega-3. It's not dangerous. Yeah. The mercury levels in, in supplements are almost zero in most cases. I mean, talking to manufacturers, a lot of brands are going through heavy metal testing. So that's the least of your concern. The concern now is try to use triglyceride form or, you know, a acryl or a phospholipid because the athelester form is not really good for the gut long-term. So that we've seen mm. you know, some recommendations mm. of trying to avoid that just for GI distress later in life, but supplement from an inflammatory and brain protection standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. My kiddos have been on it for, you know, since pre-puberty. So I'm 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 a big, big fan of that. Also, last question of, of with the young athletes, because we know some of them don't have the best habits of remembering certain things. So like you were saying, you know, oh, you, you take these consistently, like take your omega-3 
consistently for three to four months. Well, what about our collegiate athletes who like, oh, totally forgot to do that all last week. <laughs> do yeah. you have any just, just sport dietitian tips? Like how can we get these athletes to remember? I mean, is it just more education? Is like, what, what, what's one of your tools? Well, I think it's just how important it is, right? Because you know, the collegiate athlete's busy. You got to, you got to, you got to balance class and practice and lifting and where do I eat in between all of that stuff? And what's a priority, right? So really what's going to be a, a number one priority? I guess the best thing is set a reminder on your phone if you have to. I remember my daughter used to have to take a medicine and I set a reminder at 6 a.m. when I woke up that it, when I looked at my phone, I saw the first notification was give grace for medicine because if I forgot, yeah. I would hear about it. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a great, 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 right? Because you're so busy. You want to get to school on time. So Whatever you need to do. I mean, we have all the tools and resources now to remind us about certain things. And I have to, I keep three or four different calendars, but in certain cases, if I know I have to do this, I put it on my phone. So I know I'm getting notified. Um, yes. We work with a lot of college and professional teams that they try to, they have the same, a lot of those sports dietitians have the same challenge, right? They, they say, we have to put it in their hands. We don't give them bottles to take home because they're probably yeah. not going to remember. Mm -hmm. They have to come to the yeah. fueling station at certain times in order to do that. So whatever yes. you know, you have to do to remind yourself, I think is the most effective way to do that. And one thing I forgot to mention about the benefits of omega-3, which is I think fascinating, a new study came out this year that krill oil, they looked at older adults, those at the median age was 70 or 71. It built, they built muscle with the effects of krill oil. So you don't mm -hmm. see older adults build muscle we're starting to see omega-3 have some anabolic effects on muscle growth when combined with strength training, as well as uh, protein, increasing protein synthesis, which is obviously repairing the muscle tissue. That's funny you mentioned that because Dina and I actually did an entire podcast on omega-3s for muscle. And that's, uh, listeners, if you want to reference that, that's episode 71. So, so cool that you actually mentioned that. Awesome. Yeah. A new appreciation <laughs> for the omega-3s. Is there anything else, Tavis, because that last nugget was amazing and, and the tips for reminding ourselves or our younger younger folk how to uh, get in their supplementation? Anything else you can think of that you wanted to mention? No, just look, just, this is an incredible nutrient. I think everybody should be taking this unless there's a medical reason. You know, Some people can't do this but based on surgery, other medicines. So check with the doctor, obviously, if, if this is going to cause any issues. But um, just be consistent with this. That's all you have to do. Even if you don't take it every day, maybe take a little bit more on a day you miss, you know, there's some days mm -hmm. I travel and when I travel, mm -hmm. I make sure I take a few things with me and it's always omega-3. I know that sounds crazy. Even my wife's like, you know, you don't, you don't leave the house without it. I said, cause I don't want my levels to drop. We yeah. do see if you stop using it. I, I had a colleague, a colleague of ours, he went from 11 and a half percent to 7% after three months of stop testing. of stop wow. using omega-3 products. So if you don't maintain your levels after you reach an optimal level, they will drop. So, you know, it's a yeah. continue to use it and we'll see improved health outcomes. Nice. Well, I share that also, Tavis, when I travel, I have my literally my Ziploc baggie of supplements and always do I have my omega-3 fish oil capsules and, and usually a little bit more because I know the stressors of travel sometimes hit me a little bit harder. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Mr. Tavis Piatoli from Omega Quant. So awesome to share this time with you. I mean, we could just keep talking about this, but here's the thing. Like I, 
we all continue to learn, right? And we never stop learning. I actually learned so much from you today. It's not even funny. So thank you for that. Um, we're also going to learn a little bit more from you right now because we're going to finish with our Fab Five questions. We're going to give you like a virtual high five. Remember those? Yeah. But we've yes. got different questions for you this time. So are you ready? Yeah, let's let's knock it out. I love this guy. Okay. okay. So it's kind of pertaining to the topic that we were discussing. So my fir our first question is, what is your favorite fish to eat? You know, I, there's a place by our house. It's it's um, they make an incredible sea bass. Now, from a quality standpoint, if you really want to know my favorite fish, being a born and raised New Orleanian, it's crawfish and it's shrimp. I mean, I absolutely okay. love oh, that's boiled right. shrimp. So if I'm going to really <laughs> choose a choose a fish, I want shrimp gumbo. I, I want a seafood gumbo. I don't want yeah. chicken and sausage. I really want so it's it's going to be shrimp. <laughs> nice. Okay. Do you remember you referenced us when we chatted? Remember when you uh took me out in New Orleans and you're like, yeah, this guy's getting salmon. <laughs> I think we take you to Giacomo's and you're getting salmon, but you were, you were, you were pescatarian at the time. I was, I was, oh my gosh. Uh, this is not maybe related to the topic, but it could be, what is your favorite outdoor activity in the winter months? And I know you're in a different area of the, of the United States. So your winter's a little different than Colorado winters. So, I am starting to absolutely love pickleball now. Oh, are you really? We awesome. just kind of got started with this about a year ago. Yeah, our winter's here. <laughs> it's almost like fall year round, and then yeah. it's like oh, spring. You know, we don't. We have about three or four days where it gets below twenty degrees, and for you guys, you're like, that's funny. It's twenty degrees probably now in October and snowing. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I love being. What I truly love is being outside with you know my family with, with my daughter now, who's a club volleyball player. We go outside, outside of our training, like yesterday, we played volleyball for. A good 30, 40 minutes, we play a little game that we have in our driveway. That So it's it's just doing anything outdoor with the family. But my wife and I love pickleball. It's fun. It's short burst. Um, you know, we have a, a massive community here at different gyms and different recreational parks. So it's really been um, pickleball because we don't have mountains here. We don't have the ability to hike. We don't have the ability to mm -hmm. ski. Uh, I'm not a fisherman, so I don't have the patience to fish. So, yeah, it's pickleball. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. You kind of alluded to this, but I do want to kind of get you on record. What What is the dose of EPA and DHA that you personally take every day? I'm just curious. Yeah. So now, it, like I said, it used to be about 6,000 milligrams. I would put two yeah. teaspoons of oil on a spoon and just drink it. Uh, and then now yeah. it's, I take somewhere between, you know, 25 and to 4,000, just depending on, you know, what I grab out of the bottle. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so it's all, it's still liquid based. No, I, I've, I've shifted the capsules. Okay. Capsules. Okay. Perfect. Got it. All right. Tavis, question number four. Have you ever eaten alligator? Yes. Yeah. Actually, at, where I took off many years ago, they have an alligator cheesecake that is to die for. What? What? Yeah, I don't know. Alligator cheesecake? Yeah. You just so they put, put alligator sausage <sighs> in like a, it's like a, a cornbread type flavor, I guess you can say. It's not like a dessert. It's more like they send it out. Like it's a, it's a part of, it's one of the appetizers. It is. It's shaped like oh. cheesecake, but it's, uh, it's like, I wanted to go there a few weeks ago for the conference. My boss was in town and, but we just, it was on way out of the way to where we were. So oh. it was like, all right, let's yeah. show you New Orleans. We'll go there another time. That's mind blowing. Okay. Listeners, alligator cheesecake, put that I mean, on your bucket list. For some reason I have goosebumps and I don't understand it, <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, if it doesn't all bite right, you, Travis. it's not much 
Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. Last high five or fab five question here. High five question. Um, what is one ath- one thing an athlete can do right now today to improve their omega-3 index? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be supplement because I know athletes are okay. not going to eat enough fish. It's, it's take two to 3000 milligrams of combined EPA and DHA every single day. Set a reminder, be consistent, make sure you take a certified for sport brand, you know, that's either mm-hmm. NSF or informed sports certified to ensure you don't test positive. We see athletes still testing positive. I just saw an NFL athlete yesterday test positive for something. They didn't say what he put in his body, but if you just, if you don't take something certified that, that increase that risk. So that's probably more likely for them, especially if it's not served with their food, you know, uh, performance cafe, or it's not served at school in their cafeteria, then supplementation is going to be the easiest way to get your levels up quickly. Great message. Awesome. Love that great ending message. And, you know, obviously there are a few supplements that are absolute necessities in life. And because omega-3 is an essential nutrient, I, I do feel that all three of us do agree that supplementation for this specific nutrient is, is absolute necessity in life mm-hmm. yeah. and for all ages, for all reasons. So Tavis, thank you so much for spending the time today. We're going to, we're going to get that list of your preferred supplements. So listeners, we're going to put that in your show, in our show notes. You have to go to our website, look at the show notes. Yes, you do. Um, But you'll have so much great information and hopefully, you know, you'll start using a supplement that works a little bit better for you. So Tavis, again, thank you so much for spending the time. Uh, Really looking forward to catching you up in the future. We'll also put in our show notes a link to Omega Quant so people can learn more about the testing. They can do the calculator if they want to. I would wholeheartedly support every single listener getting this test done. At least, well, you have to do it a couple of times to do pre and post, but you got to start, right? You got to start because you got to know where you're at. Definitely. Thank you all so much for having me. Honored to be here again. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Yes. And as always, listeners, send us questions. If you have them, just email us hello at insidesportsnutrition.com and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Hopefully you have much more knowledge now about omega-3 fats in your nutrition plan supplementation tips so that you're getting your money's worth. In fact, check the show notes for some links to products that Tavis recommends that do have over 90% triglyceride form of that omega-3. So they're going to be potent. You definitely get what you pay for for those kinds of supplements. And also as a reminder, be sure to work with a registered dietitian or sport dietitian to hone in on your omega-3 needs and get the index testing to further fine-tune your nutrition plan and supplementation regimen. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We're starting up a new theme, which is really exciting, doing a product review. So we'll be selecting different themes. Uh, This next week's episode, we're taking a look at cluster dextrin, which is a novel kind of carbohydrate, very different than simple sugars. So we're picking a handful of products and doing a compare and contrast discussion about these products. So you can kind of see and learn what our process is and learn more about these cluster dextrin sports nutrition products. So that's coming your way next week. As a reminder, if you do have a sports nutrition question, send that over to us, hello at insidesportsnutrition.com, or you can find a link on our website, insidesportsnutrition.com, to submit a question there, and we will queue that up for a future Ask Us Anything episode. 
if you'd like more information about the nutrition coaching and physiology testing that both Bob and I offer, you can find Bob over at energyperformance.com, E-N-R-G-performance.com, myself, Dina, over at nutritionmechanic.com. Awesome to connect with you there, and don't forget to find us on Instagram, our respective business names, but also on the pod, ISN Podcast. Awesome to meet up with you all and get your DMs. We really appreciate that. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.